0: Welcome to the Slam Radio Podcast, featuring TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose.
1: This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience, but look like it just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what, you know what Thank you because cause now. what's going on everybody welcome to another edition of tma with nick hamilton here on sirius xm slam radio 145 hope everybody's doing well yes we are live this is the first time i've been live on this station in a good while so it feels good i know it's super bowl week so we're definitely going to get into that have the rams found their quarterback deshaun watson is the only texan that wants out of houston and oh yeah courtside karen has finally found her match all that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Now make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Uh let's get right into it. Now, Monday night, state farm arena. Lakers, Hawks, you feel like eh, Lakers got this game. It's gonna be a nice little send-off to end their road trip. They end the road trip five and two. They beat the Hawks on Monday night, 107-99. Despite Trey Young still having 25 points and 16 assists, uh, the Lakers came out of there, you know, unscathed, no health concerns, no injuries, which is very great as they make their pilgrimage back to Los Angeles uh, to start their home their five-game homestand starting on Thursday night, possibly uh, against the Denver Nuggets. I'll get into that later on, but the story of the night was not on the court, but what happened off the court. What I mean by that is in case you missed it or you were under a rock, there was a person on the sidelines. And State Farm Arena, according to reports, I believe, let uh, let in over about 1,500-plus people into the arena. Now, a lot of NBA arenas don't have fans. Yet, I know us out here in Southern California and the state of California, period, are not allowing fans in the building at all. Uh, at least for the foreseeable future. So when you go to certain arenas and and get fans that happen to be court size, some may be – obviously they're spread out all over the arena. Um, According to LeBron James, he was fine with it. According to a lot of players, they they enjoy having some fans back because it gives them a certain type of energy. They don't feel like they're playing a bunch of pickup or practice games uh, when it comes to playing these games across the country. So anyway, I I believe around the mid-third quarter, or around maybe the fourth quarter, uh, there was a person that decided to get into a back and forth with LeBron James on the sidelines. Obviously they were Hawks fans, they've been Hawks fans, and been going to games for about 10 years. And one young lady, uh, her name is Juliana Carlos, uh, who claims to be 25 years old. And if if you've seen her at all, you know if she is 25 years old, sweetheart, lay off the surgeries, it's okay. But I say I digress. Her husband, John, decided that he wanted to go into a back-and-forth shouting match with LeBron James and decided to, that he wanted to have some words said towards LeBron. Now, everybody knows LeBron is very diplomatic. He's very smart. He's very skilled. But LeBron ain't no punk. So if you say something sideways to LeBron James, I can't blame him in the least for wanting to respond back, period. And this just as a man, as a great Young Isaiah Thomas once said, I'm a man first before I'm an athlete. And that's so utterly true across the board in life. So, this man, John, who refers to himself as Daddy Carlos on IG, that would be the last time I ever say that, call another grown man that. <laughs> uh, she decided He decided to get in, uh, back and forth. And then his wife, Juliana, who we all know as Courtside Karen, thanks to LeBron James, decided to get into the shouting match. And... Later on she took off her mask and she was later ejected because apparently the ref heard some disparaging words that were said by her towards LeBron James. Now, in a in an IG rant, she went off on several rants. We all know this is one of the biggest moves to clout chase and she's trying to get her little 5 seconds of fame. She went on the IG rant and said that LeBron changed, LeBron James told her to basically uh you know shut the F up um, said some called her the female dog um, she said she responded back and telling him to shut the F up and calling him a female dog in, re- in response and said she will quote F him up now let me say this courtside Karen is mad because she was ejected out of her privileged lifestyle in her privileged seats that's the only reason why she's mad. But you know when she said all of these things? When she was walking out of State Farm Arena as she was being escorted out. Now, the NBA has been gracious enough to allow fans, some fans, to return to certain arenas uh, across the country. And to me, you would, just because you buy a ticket somewhere, just because you decide that you want to sit courtside, that's fine. You want to boo, you want to tell LeBron he sucks, you want to say Trey Young is the greatest of all time. Whatever you want to say, that's fine. But when you start drinking, there's a thing called liquid courage that people tend to like to hang their hats on. Because normally, if they didn't have that liquid courage juice in them, they wouldn't hardly say anything. They'd be quiet as a church mouse. So she decided to take the social media and plead her case and tell people that LeBron was wrong. And she wants to, like, fight LeBron and all this other stuff. Let me tell you something, young lady. And I in the words of Man, you're lighting the ass, son. You weigh about a buck. In other words, if you've seen this woman on IG, and I'm sure she's been plastered all over social media, and she's plastered all over the media outlets now and the blog sites. Like I said, she's about yay big. She's about as big as my pinky. You ain't fighting nothing. You just slanging wolf tickets. And you better be glad that one individual. Named Savannah James wasn't in attendance because let me tell you something. I've never met Savannah James ever in my life. I've never had the pleasure of meeting that woman, but based upon what I've seen and there was, if you recall, there was an incident many, many months ago regarding her oldest son, Bronnie and where a media, a media outlet reported some egregious information regarding her son and another woman. And Savannah took to social media and said, you got the wrong one in essence. Let me warn, courtside Karen, courtside Karen, rather. You got the wrong one, because you would not be saying that if Savannah James was in the building. Because see, Savannah James, she's not going to incite anything, but I believe she damn sure will finish it, and she has no hesitation to finish you. So, whatever was, whatever words were specifically exchanged, you better be glad Savannah James wasn't in the house. Ooh, you better be glad because Savannah is with all the smoke and you not ready for that brush fire to happen, lady. But you know what? LeBron James being the classy diplomatic guy that he is. And let me say some hats off to LeBron James in his post-game press conference and how he described the incident, because I don't know if I would have been that calm based upon what uh, court side Karen had to say as it pertains to w- the words that were exchanged. Let's take a listen to what LeBron James had to say post-game regarding the incident. Well, I mean, my, well, my guy tonight, he, he uh, you know, he a little, I don't want to say he went overboard, but he went a little bit out of bounds, uh, you know, too close to, to comfort for me. And I said my piece, and we could have moved on. Um, but I think it was so close to the officials. I think the official heard it as well, what he had said. Um, and it kind of got blown out of proportion. You know, and it's just like sometimes on the floor when two guys get into a scuffle, you know, or, or get into a little like jostling and the refs come and try to break it up really fast, and it looks like it's bigger than what it really is. That's what it pretty much was tonight. But um, the difference, we're on the court and we're not having any alcoholic beverages. Um, So they might have had some alcoholic beverages on the side. So that could have, it made them feel a little tougher than what they really are, I would say. Just like
2: Draymond. Draymond said it perfect.
1: (laughs) Yes, indeed. I'll tell you, the liquid courage is something spectacular, folks. And let me tell you something. This ass clown, courtside Karen, needs to be banned from any NBA games for the rest of the entire season, at least, because she's clout chasing. She's going to get a bunch of interviews now as a result of this because she sat there and whined and cried and talked about her losing her privilege and all of this other nonsense and how LeBron is the culprit. She was the innocent victim. I'm the damsel in distress. Nobody's believing you. Nobody cares. You caused an incident because you couldn't keep your damn mouth shut and neither could your 50-plus-year-old your, your husband who's probably twice your age. So make learn a lesson. Zip it or lose your seats. Now, I want to get into some more stuff about the Rams. Now the Rams over the weekend uh made a, a huge trade. They traded Jared Goff and a bunch of picks, a number one, uh, two number one picks and a second rounder uh in exchange for Matthew Stafford from the Detroit Lions. Now, when I first heard the news, I was sitting there to myself saying, okay, well, we knew this was going to happen because, first and foremost, Jared Goff and head coach Sean McVay pretty much have run its course. That, that marriage has pretty much headed to divorce court. And we knew the way that general manager Les Snead decided to talk, the way that the Rams were talking about when they asked about what is the status of Jared Goff for next season, they were only comment as right now meaning if we could find a better offer we're going to seek better offers now whether that would have been Deshaun Watson whether that possibly would have been Aaron Rodgers or whoever Kirk Cousins whoever they were going to make sure they seek out a trade but they had to they had to treat this thing very delicately because if they weren't if they were unsuccessful in seeking out a trade they still had to bring Jared Goff back right so They did did everything the right way. I think the Rams are an incredibly smart organization. But when I heard about Matthew Stafford being traded to the Los Angeles Rams, I thought to myself, the first thing I thought was, like, he doesn't fit this offense. He doesn't fit what Sean McVay has been displaying to us over the last several years. Because, you know, when you look at this offense and I'm looking at what they have, I mean, my question is can the Rams O-line – deal with more drop back passes than play action because that O-line is set up for more play action style. Now, I'm sure they'll figure out a way to implement both styles where they complement one another, but I'm not hopeful when everybody's talking about, oh, this is a Super Bowl continuing team now, and everyone acts like the Rams are a quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. Will all you analysts please stop lying to the people? You know good in the hell well this team has a lot more issues then what you're saying, I've had a privilege to watch this team for the last few years. And this is a team who happens to be financially strapped. To a degree with the cap going down now because of COVID-19 in the 2020 season. And this move for Matthew Stafford was more of a cap move than a talent move, because if you look and see what he had to offer. Right. So you look at the Rams trade. Okay, so they'll they'll pay Stafford in 2021 $19.5 million. In 2022, he'll be owed $23 million. Now, he does have a roster bonus for each year. So if you decide to cut him before the 2022 season, you only have to pay him $6 million, which is a hell of a lot better than what you would pay Jared Goff over the course of time. Plus, this team is not... A serious deep threat playoff team. And when I look at when I look at this team, first of all, they have three wide receivers that are basically the same in Josh Reynolds, Cooper Cup, and Robert Woods. My question is: even though Matthew Stafford is a good player, I'm not saying he's trash. If anybody says he's trash, they've lost their damn minds. But who's your deep threat? Are you going to develop Van Jefferson as your deep threat? And not to say that Robert Woods and Cooper Cup aren't good wide receivers, because they are. But they're the same guy. They played basically similar, a lot of similarities there. So Van Jefferson has to be your deep threat. My concern is what happens with Cam Akers. Because my concern is I hope they don't run Cam Akers into the ground. Because they're going to rely a lot on that on that run offense this season. And can the O-line again give Matthew Stafford enough time to deliver the ball? in certain spots that he likes to to deliver it to. Yes, Matthew Stafford is 0-2 in the playoffs. Krispy Kreme award. And will the Rams get to the playoffs? Quite possibly. Are they a one-and-done team in the playoffs? Yes. Because guess what? On the defensive side, you're possibly going to lose Leonard Floyd. You're possibly going to lose John Johnson III. And John Johnson III is going to command a big payday, as he should. He's been, he's been low ball for the last two years, and he's been played, he's played exceptionally well. If the Rams could try to somehow hold on to John Johnson the third, that could help. Aaron Donald, best defensive player this generation has seen. But he's north of thirty. You have a young Jalen Ramsey. So there's some pieces that you still have to put together. There's some pieces that you have to put together on the O line. Tight end, they need a new, they, they can use another tight end because Gerald Everett was absolutely horrible this year. I like Tyler Higbee. I think Tyler Higbee, Tyler Higbee, is a good one. But overall, when you look at this division, okay, the Seahawks who basically collapsed near the end of the season and lost the playoff game at home to the Rams that's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. Arizona is still trying to figure out their identity. And let's be honest, the team that's a quarterback away from getting to the Super Bowl are the San Francisco 49ers, if they get the right quarterback. They have to get the right quarterback. That right quarterback has to be Deshaun Watson. I do not believe in Kirk Cousins getting them there. I know there's a relationship between him and Shanahan. I understand all of that. But if they're going to make a play, they have to make a play for a, uh, for a guy like Deshaun Watson, and I'll talk about that later on in the set in in the show. But this Rams team, I mean, yeah, they're a playoff team, but will they actually be deep in the playoffs? I doubt it. All right, y'all, coming up on the other side of the break, we will have a very special guest coming on board to talk about Super Bowl Fifty Five, Tom Brady against Patrick Mahomes. All that and more here on TMA with Nick Hamilton. Make sure you stay tuned. Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145.
0: Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is SiriusXM XM 145, Slam Radio.
2: Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today
0: You're listening to TMA with Nick Hamilton. Extra dose. Only on Tier 6M 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey, man. It, look, if they pick up Tua Manuel Alapola, too, I, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't You I don't call
2: know. him that. I call him Tunga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him.
0: Listen, I don't know if they're 100% sold on Tua Manuel Alapola.
2: Tunga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins.
3: How can you get that name so perfect?
0: Tua Manuel Alapola?
3: Tua? I can't do it. I'm done. Tunga Viloa. You a nigga vailoa. Pola. Tunga Viloa. You a nigga Pola. Tunga vailoa. You a nigga Pola. Tunga Viloa. See, that sounds much better now.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Slam Radio is more than just a radio station but a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like
3: is right or is wrong. I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here, like Frank the Tank and Amigo, make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe Zam Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia.
0: We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to Slam Radio and everybody a part of Slam Radio. We are a family.
3: They are my family, and they will always continue to be my family, and I will forever be thankful, and I know they got my back just like I got theirs.
2: I love being part of Slam Radio. This is Dag Prescott, and you're listening to Slam Radio.
0: Now back to TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton. Only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. All right, y'all. Super Bowl week is in effect. Super Bowl 55, Tampa Bay. Uh, Yeah, not too many fans. Not a whole lot going on during Super Bowl week. Not a lot of people being able to mingle because of the COVID-19 pandemic. So it is a little different. We heard about uh, Patrick Mahomes saying how different it is for his Super Bowl media day, or yeah, truly media day, not media night. Uh, to help me break down Super Bowl Fifty Five, I have a host and editor producer from NFL Media, Elisa Hernandez. What's going on, girl? How you doing?
4: Hey, thanks for having me on. Appreciate you know any time to come on and talk about some football.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, I know you you are definitely entrenched in it so much. Uh, All year long, I should say, because NFL has become a year-long sport these days. Uh, I know you got a chance to kind of check out uh, uh, Super Bowl 55, at least the first couple of days of uh, Media Day. And, you know, Tom Brady going for for title number seven. Got Pat Mahomes going for title number two. Uh, Mm -hmm. He he seems to be the heir apparent uh, to the Tom Brady movement when it comes to trying to acquire more titles. What do you see from Tom Brady uh, this year. What has impressed you the most about Tom Brady this year?
4: Uh, honestly, just the fact that he's able to go into the NFC and just make it his own. <laughs> I mean, he's been mm. there one year and he already has as many NFC championship wins as Brady and uh, I mean, as Rodgers and Breeze who spent their whole careers on that side. So for him to come in 43 years old, 40 touchdowns and hosting a Super Bowl? I mean, what is there to argue? <laughs> you know, Brady is Brady. I mean, he's trying to make sure that there is continued to be no debate on who is the GOAT.
1: Absolutely. I mean, you can say what you want about. We don't know about the scandals that happened in New England. But, again, you still have to play these games. You still have mm-hmm. to go out there. You still have to perform. I don't care how much you think the refs may help. You still got to go out there and play. <laughs> And you still got to go out there and have the guys all on, on the same page. When you look at Patrick Mahomes, and, and it's, it's never easy, especially in this league, to repeat or dare I say even get back to have the opportunity of repeating. What, what changes have you seen in Pat Mahomes from last year's Super Bowl to this season and where he is right now uh, on the verge of competing for a second title?
4: You know, he just seems more comfortable out there, if that can even be a thing. Uh, You know, he was so dominant throughout the league when he first came in. You got the MVP, but for someone to get such a big contract in the offseason and for you to come in and retake that same team to the Super Bowl, I mean, you're just kind of showing that your potential is still continuing to grow. I mean, this is the first Super Bowl between quarterbacks that each won the two most recent Super Bowls. So, you know, it, it's like the future versus the past. <laughs> and it's like you have Patrick Mahomes, and he's starting to spread the ball a little more. They're relying on their defense here and there. They're relying on their run game. And to me, the biggest the biggest thing that, realized, that made me realize that KC is really scary this year is when Patrick Mahomes went out in that game. And you had your backup come in. You know, anything is possible. And <laughs> you... Finish that game because Tyreek Hill put the team on his back and he made sure that they got him to the Super Bowl because all they have to do is do that. Lamar Jackson's team couldn't do that. And so they're mm-hmm. they're back at home watching Patrick Mahomes going to the Super Bowl. So I think it's just him having a team that not only relies on him but can pick him up when he's down.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that team, we look at the offense, and I've never have been impressed thoroughly with their defense, but their defense has come along somewhat. Uh, when you look at, especially in that game where Chad Henney had to go in for Pat Mahomes, and we didn't know mm-hmm. if Pat Mahomes was going to even be able to compete you know, long term because of the the situation with various injuries and so and concussion <laughs> yeah. protocol. But, I mean, Patrick Mahomes is a guy, to me, who is the new face of the league. I think there's going to be a changing of the guard, almost like what we saw with Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant. Uh, when you saw him kind of throw the baton out there, and, and and Kobe grabbed it out of everybody and ran with it, I think Patrick <laughs> Mahomes is doing something something similar to that as far as taking the reins over with this newer generation. With Pat Mahomes, and you you look at these these various weapons that he has with, uh, uh you know with with Tyreek Hill, you look at Travis Kelsey, you look at uh, the offensive line. What stands out to you the most about Kansas City and what players should we be looking forward to to really be that X factor as far as them obtaining a victory this Sunday?
4: You know, I'm going to go on the defensive side because, you know, defense was championships. And I think the biggest thing that you can look at is, you know, the Chiefs rookie corner, Le'Jarius Sneed. He had the lowest rating allowed on the team on the team. And just kind of watching how their defense and their special teams comes into place because the Bucks give up the most yards on, on returns. And I believe the chiefs are ranked fifth in those return, um, those punt returns. So it's one of those things that you want to look at their young guy on the team that's making plays. And honestly, Tyron Matthew, I mean, he's the first team all pro he's great in pass coverage. I believe he has six picks on the year he was coming up big in that game versus Buffalo, which say what you want, but Josh Allen is a threat both with his legs and his arms, and they were able to shut that down completely. And I think that's one of the biggest things you have to look at because Brady is Brady. But if you really look at that game last week between Green Bay and and the Bucks, it was really a tale of two Bradys. You know, you had the first half where he was mm-hmm. amazing, and I'm sorry, but if he plays like that, we are looking at Super Bowl win number seven. But that second half, he struggled, and he threw, I believe, three picks to the guys in green and yellow. So you want to make sure that you are able to rush him, you're able to put pressure on him, and make him play the way he did in that second half. And I think that if you look at Jerry Snead, you look at Tyron Matthew, I think those are the two guys that are going to have to make a big play in order for the Chiefs to repeat. Because, you know, Brady, you saw what happened when you gave him even just 10 seconds on the clock.
1: Yeah, I mean, the struggle was real for Brady and the Bay of Pigs. Game. But at the same time, when you look at Tom Brady, as you alluded to a few seconds ago in that first half, when he's sharp, he is sharp as, as a knife mm-hmm. going through hot butter. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this guy, to me, I think he is the GOAT. But what does he have to do to eclipse Michael Jordan when it comes to rings? What does he have to do? Who does he have to throw to? Are there some key players on the Tampa Bay Bucks that are going to help him be able to accomplish when i mean semi me, championship number seven?
4: Well, obviously, we know that Godwin and we have Evans, and those are his two playmakers, you know. But I think, you know, Scotty Miller, don't sleep on him. I know I know he got some more playing time because A.B. was out with that knee injury. If A.B. comes back, he might not be as effective. But Scotty Miller got some speed on him, enough for the cheetah on the Chiefs to want to race him before Super Bowl. Uh, You know, <laughs> Tyreek Hill said he'd be more than open to racing him to see who is really the fastest. But to have that kind of arsenal with you, I think, you know, Scotty Miller might come up big, but to me the biggest thing that Brady needs to rely on is his run game. I think that Fournette and Rojo, USC, um, I think that that rush game can really help them because Casey's defense really hasn't been that great versus the run. I mean, they've given up about, about 4.2 yards per per carry to the rushers this year. So I think that if he spreads the ball out but inter- and, like, integrates that run game, I think that's going to be a recipe for success for him. And I think the Chiefs are just going to have to Play really fast because we saw, how, like I said, how quickly Brady can score. And if Godwin and Evans are on their game, which we expect them to be, he's going to need something that the Chiefs aren't ready for.
1: Talk to me a little bit about that Bucs defense. You know Shaq Barrett, we know JPP, we know uh, Ndamukong Suh and those guys. What do you see in that defense? How how has that defense impressed you over the course of the season, especially uh, with a new quarterback uh, being on the opposite side of the ball with Brady?
4: You know, I just think that they've, they've really gelled together better than I thought they would. And I think that they've all adjusted um, very well with kind of being as productive as they can be. And... Um, I think that the biggest thing for that defense is the way that they've been able to cause turnovers. The biggest game that impressed me was the one they had versus Breeze because that was really kind of a, 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 a revenge game because Brady threw about five picks to that Saints defense. And so for that defense to come in and pick off Breeze in such a monumental game for him, I think that was the biggest step up of like, we can also be terrorists too out here. So I think that that's kind of what's been, like they've shown up in the big games when they needed to. I mean, say what you want about, you know the refs or whatever with Brady but he had to win a couple of road games to get to where he is now and he went against Breeze he went against Rogers. those are two of the most biggest legends in this game and for him to kind of pick them off like nothing to host the first to be the first team to ever host a Super Bowl i think their defense played a really big part in that when like i said Brady had those struggles
1: all right so now i'm going to put you on the spot Super Bowl 55 Sunday uh Raymond James Stadium who do you have? Oh, you know,
4: I'm going to go with the young buck. <laughs> I'm going to go with the young Ooh, buck. Okay. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Look, I respect Brady. I do. And the only reason that I'm going to go with the Chiefs is because I feel like they are more of a complete team. But on top of that, Brady's not done yet, you know? So I think that Mahomes needs to kind of come in and kind of show who, who where he is. And I think with Kelsey and with Tyreek Hill and with Mahomes and with all these players that they have that, they can, they can repeat. It's going to be hard. It's gonna, I believe it's going to be a high-scoring game, uh, but I think it's going to come down to that that one defensive moment. It could be great field position. It could be a pick. It could be a fumble, but something's going to happen. It's going to throw off the, the rhythm, and I just think that we've seen Brady more thrown off his game than we've seen Mahomes. So I'm going to go with the young guy, and Brady will be back. <laughs>
1: Well, let's say this. You know, Brady said he can play until he's about 45, but he did also say that when he feels like he can't play anymore, he's not giving his all to the game, he will walk away at some point. Um, Having said that, if Pat Mahomes does manage to beat Brady on Sunday, Mm -hmm. is it fair to start the GOAT conversation about Patrick Mahomes?
4: Well, I mean, he is a little baby GOAT in the making. so (laughs) I I, I think that conversation is already starting because – just simple facts we've seen quarterbacks win a super bowl get paid and don't do nothing with it you know and we've seen that repetition over and over and over again and for patrick mahomes to come into this season and retake his team to the super bowl i mean to me that says a lot in its own you know because to be honest i believe that mahomes will be the fourth quarterback to start multiple super bowls in his first four years you know who's in that list warner wilson and Brady. And, you know, the, to take it up to the top, if he knocks off Brady, he will join him as the second quarterback to win multiple Super Bowls in their first four seasons because Brady is currently the only one. So, you know, we have these kind of things that he can kind of knock off. And for Patrick Mahomes, if you do this, you're in that elite category that literally Brady made and only Brady is in. So if you knock on that door and you you set your feet on the coffee table, baby go conversation is going to come.
1: Hey, good company to be in. Wanted to also get your thoughts. uh, Recently, we had a major trade uh, over this past weekend with the Rams and the Detroit Lions. Now, I said my piece in the previous segment, but I want to get your thoughts on what you thought about Matthew Stafford coming to Los Angeles uh, in his 12th season for Jerry Goff and a bunch of picks uh, that they had to give up. So now the Rams no longer have any more first-round picks for the next (laughs) couple of years once again. Uh, but how do you yeah. do? You believe that will pay off in the long run for the Rams, or is this is this, or is this just more a cap hit?
4: You know, I think it's a little bit of both, but I do think the Rams are in a better position. Uh, you know, say what you want about Matthew Stafford, but to be honest, Stafford and Goff both ranked outside the top ten in passer rating for twenty twenty, and if we look at, it, I think the Rams are just. I think they're just in a win now position because they know that they don't have any first round picks for a while. So there's no time to rebuild. You know, they have to win now with the pieces that they have. And when Goff was that guy and they went to the super bowl, to be honest, to me, it was really Todd Gurley in that defense that carried them. You know, that's where all the money was. And, you know, now he's not gone. He's gone. And now Goff is gone, but his production decreased from 2019 compared to even just 2017. And, Stafford, you know, say what you want. I know some inflated numbers. I know it's like, oh, he's in Detroit. But I feel like that team could have invested more, you know. And I think that now he has some weapons that he can really go to. And he has the fifth most passing yards for a TD, any QB that was drafted first. Overall, he leads Detroit all time in multiple categories. So I just think that he's in a better position. I think the Rams might be better off. I think Goff... I hope he doesn't get lost in the mix. I think he's very talented, but I I never picked him to be my franchise QB. Even when he was playing back in Cal, like I just, I never saw him as that guy. Prove me wrong. I'd be more than happy to to say I was wrong, but I just, I think that the Rams, even though they took that hit salary wise and with the money and stuff like that, I think that they're in a better position to have just a more of a veteran guy. And I think Matthew Stafford, this is his time to show that those numbers aren't just for, just for Pat.
1: Well, I tell you what, a lot of people are saying this is their Super Bowl contending team now they have a quarterback and I think it's a little bit more than that. Um, do you see do you see this team being a deep playoff that if they manage to stay healthy?
4: I think if they manage to stay healthy, they can be. I think they still, you know, they have they have a really good run game. We saw that against the Seahawks. You know, they single-handedly mm-hmm. picked their defense apart. And you have Aaron Donald on your team. You know, I think when you have such a such a good defensive player there, you have a good defensive format, the quarterback just has to not mess up. I mean, you saw that when the Broncos won the Super Bowl. I mean, Manning is one of the all, all-time greats. But to be honest, all he had to do was really not mess up and the Broncos were able to win that Super Bowl against the number one offense in the league at that time. So I think that, they're going to be in a better position. I think that when those games come down to the wire, you know, it's going to really help them because to be honest, if you really kind of take a look at Matthew Stafford, I believe he has like, he leads in the game-winning, right? Like game-winning, game-winning drives down the field. He leads that since 2011. So it's like, you kind of want to give him that credit, give him that opportunity. And I just think that in sunny California, not cold Detroit, he's going to be able to shine the way that he was intended to when he got drafted first overall.
1: All right. Well, we'll find out this coming season. A lot (laughs) going on. But first and foremost, Super Bowl 55 is Sunday, Raymond James Stadium. Elisa Hernandez, please let everyone know where they can continue to follow you and keep up with all your great work.
4: Well, you can follow me on Instagram at Hernandez underscore LA and TV on Twitter. Make sure you guys interact. Let me know what you guys are thinking of all the stuff I said today because, you know, I can talk football all day.
1: <laughs> Indeed you can and a lot and a lot of other sports too. Thank you so much for coming on and uh make sure uh, you definitely want to get you on later on in the year especially when it comes to the drafts and uh you know preseason and OTAs and all that great stuff.
4: For sure. Hit my line anytime. I'm more than happy to come on.
1: Thank you so much the one and only Elisa Hernandez from NFL Media. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to take a quick break, final timeout of the show. Make sure you check out stay tuned. And uh, check us out here at TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM. Slam Radio 145.
2: Hey, look what I found. A radio.
0: Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
2: Here's that song again. Here's that song again. For the hundredth time today. Here's that song again. It's going to be stuck in your head all day. Yay Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council.
0: You're listening to TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, only on TR6M 145 Slam Radio. Good morning, amigo. Hey man, hey, look. If they pick up Tua Manuel Lapolla too, I'll, I'll be fine with him. But I'm just looking. At, I'm looking at the different angles. It doesn't. You I don't call know.
2: him that. I call him Tonga Vailoa. Whatever you want to call him.
0: Listen, I don't know if they're 100 sold on Tua Manu Lapolla.
2: Tonga Vailoa is the next quarterback of the Miami Dolphins. How can you get that name so perfect?
3: Tua Manu Lapolla. Tua. I can't do it. I'm done. It sounds much better now.
0: Good morning, amigo. Weekdays from 7 to 11, only on 6M 145, Slam Radio.
3: Flowers are beautiful, but they become even more so when carried by people who are committed to ending Alzheimer's. At the Alzheimer's Association Walk to End Alzheimer's, Hundreds of thousands carry different colored flowers, signifying their connections to the disease. And we walk so that one day, there will be a white flower for Alzheimer's first survivor.
0: Sam Reed is more than just a radio station. a family. It's so nice to know that you have a place where you can feel safe, where you can feel comfortable sharing your opinions and not be judged for what you feel like is right or is wrong.
3: I'm very grateful that I've gotten this opportunity to be a part of something big, something historical. It taught me that not only that I matter, but that I have a voice. And the mentors we have here like Frank to Tank and Amigo make you love this amazing program even more. There are very few words that can describe SAM Radio. One word that definitely comes to mind is familia, family.
0: We've been offered so many unique opportunities to be a part of something great. I will always be grateful to SAM Radio and everybody a part of SAM Radio. We are a family.
3: They are my family. And they will always continue to be my family. And I will forever be thankful. And I know they got my back just like I got theirs.
2: I love being part of Slam Radio.
1: This is Aaron Donald. Listen to Slam Radio.
0: Now back to TMA Extra Dose with Nick Hamilton. Only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.
1: Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Shout out to my super producer, Big Frank. Making sure everything is nice and tight. Uh, make sure you follow me on all things social media at Nick Hamilton LA. Thank you to Elisa Hernandez, who was a guest in our last hour from NFL Media, giving her breakdown and predictions for Super Bowl 55 and some Rams Lions hits. Uh, it should be interesting coming up uh this, f- this season for the Los Angeles Rams. Now, Deshaun Watson, probably one of the most sought-after stories in this offseason. We all know his his. I don't want to say disgruntled nature, but he has every right to feel the way he feels. So I don't want to I don't want to say he's disgruntled, but he's definitely not happy uh, with being in Houston playing for the Houston Texans. Now he loves the city, the people love him in Houston, and how could you not? This kid is dynamite. Uh, he's he's been proved, especially this season after going four and twelve as a team, but he's definitely put up big time numbers. And this is a guy that says, "Hey, I want out of here." Give us free. You remember that from Amistad? He wants to be free. He doesn't want to be there anymore. Now, there were reports about his top destinations being the Jets, uh, Miami, a couple of other places that that were on the the list. But let me tell you something. Here's here's the problem with the Houston Texans. The problem with the Houston Texans is simply this. They're going to price themselves out of the market. Because what I've been hearing, they want two number ones, two number twos, and they want like defensive play, like a bunch of defensive players. You're going to price yourself out of the market. And you're doing it on purpose because you're trying to convince and you're hoping that you convince Deshaun Watson to stay. But guess what? That man's mind is already made up. And if you don't get that man out of Houston, you will have a disgruntled QB, and rightfully so, because he doesn't want to be there. He sees the mess that an organization is. He sees the fact that this organization is pretty much going nowhere. And it is. It's not built to be a Super Bowl contender. You traded away his weapons. Then you want to give Will Fuller a contract extension. For what? Will Fuller is the most inconsistent wide receiver I've seen. The man has bricks for hands. And that's who he's supposed to throw to? And that's supposed to appease him to stay? Are you kidding me? If I'm Deshaun Watson, I pack, I've already got my bags packed. They're already by the door. Just give me my plane ticket so I get the hell up out of here. Because guess what? That's exactly what he needs to do. Get the hell up out of Houston. Houston has to make sure that they play ball. They can't play hardball with this guy because players like agents, like coaches, all talk. Do you think An agent is going to allow his star player to want to go play for the Houston Texans after what he's seen that he did to Deshaun Watson, who's supposed to be their franchise quarterback? After Deshaun Watson has insisted on leaving? Mind you, Deshaun Watson does have a no-trade clause. But at the same time, he still has has some pieces to hold. To me, the two best destinations – I know we talk about the Miami Dolphins, and I like the Miami Dolphins. I think a couple of picks – to or Tiger Bailoa, you could flip them to Houston for Deshaun Watson. That might be a decent deal. I like what Brian Flores has done. I like the culture that he's starting to implement with the Miami Dolphins, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I think offensively they have some pieces they need to continue to build. Um, so Miami is not a bad destination. But the two, the two destinations to me will be serviceable for Deshaun Watson would be the San Francisco 49ers. That makes them an instant Super Bowl contender. And if I had to give up Nick Bosa, then so be it. And the Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears have a front seven that is definitely a very good front seven. Secondary is growing. I like the The O-line. O-line is sustainable enough to keep Deshaun Watson upright. And I love the running game with Montgomery. And if you're going to try to keep Allen Robinson as your wide receiver, that's a good piece to to convince him to re-sign and stay with the Chicago Bears. And he's in a division where he has to go up against Aaron Rodgers twice a year. So that's a marquee matchup. And you're in the bigger market in Chicago. Playing at Soldier Field week in and week out. So to me, the two major destinations that Deshaun Watson should definitely look at if he wants to win are Chicago or Chicago and the San Francisco 49ers. Because as I said in the first segment, the the NFC West is a toss-up any given Sunday. And if you're managed to win games and win divisional games, you can make it happen. You can get back to the Super Bowl. And and Deshaun Watson is not the only Texan that wants out of Houston. There are reports that J.J. Watt, many believe that J.J. Watt has played his last game as a Houston Texan. Now, according to Bleacher Report, there were about a few destinations that were mentioned on their their, uh, website. I believe the Cleveland Browns were one, the Pittsburgh Steelers were another one. Uh, There were a couple of other teams that I can't recall off the bat, but let me tell you something. If the San Francisco 49ers managed to get a Deshaun Watson, for example, if I'm J.J. Watt, I go straight to San Francisco, play a couple of years in San Francisco, get to a Super Bowl finally in my career. At least J.J. Watt can say, hey, at least I made it to a Super Bowl without being an analyst or, or a guest during Super Bowl media week. Because arguably at one point in time, we thought J.J. Watt was the best defensive player at one point in time. And he's a hard worker. And he still, can, he still has some something left in the tank, I do believe. I think he's just tired of losing. I think he's tired of the organization not putting forth the effort to helping them win and achieve playoff wins and 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 getting to the and winning their division respectively. I think he's tired of that. He's given he's given his heart and soul to the city of Houston. He's given his heart and soul to that team. I oh, the Chargers were another team that was on Bleacher Report's list. I could see him with the Chargers too. That might be a nice addition. Have a veteran presence like that. Woo. Talk about defense. I like that. I do like that. But it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Will Deshaun Watson leave Houston? I do believe he'll sit out. I'm not saying I have no sources. i It's just, just, just my opinion, my point of view. And I don't blame him for sitting out if he decides to, if they don't get rid of him. Because he wants out. He wants out of there. He doesn't want to play. I don't care if you bring in. It's, it's a damn shame that Pep Hamilton got the job and now he has really no quarterback to really coach. Because I'm sure he came there with the intentions of going from Justin Herbert and the phenomenal job that he's done with Justin Herbert to trying to improve Deshaun Watson. And now you got Deshaun Watson, who may or may not even be there, who absolutely doesn't want to be with the Texans. So who is he going to coach now? What a waste. This whole organization... All this could have been avoided if this organization would have did exactly what it was supposed to do, which was build a Super Bowl contender. Not just put butts in seats, not just casually slide into the playoffs, and we're good with that. Seriously build a Super Bowl contender. When you have your former great wide receiver and Andre Johnson telling Deshaun Watson, yeah, man, it's time for you to get up out of here. I don't, I don't blame you one bit. Mind you, they retired that – they put that man in the ring of honor. And he's telling – telling, Deshaun Watson, hey, if you want to leave, you should leave now. Really? That's a great (laughs) co-sign. That tells you a whole lot right there. That man spent the majority of his career with the Houston Texans. If anybody knows, it's Andre Johnson. So, we'll see what happens. But I'm not convinced. Not convinced at all. I hope Deshaun Watson gets free. I hope he doesn't go to the Jets because that would be the dumbest decision I've ever seen. You don't want to go to the Jets because you're going to be just you're going to be upset and frustrated. And in another year or two, you'll be upset and frustrated because the Jets and I and, and props to Robert Salah for getting the job. And I think he'll be a good coach, but he doesn't have the pieces because again, terrible ownership, terrible upper management, and they don't have a will to win and really make a, a deep playoff run and really get this team on the right track. So the Jets are a dumpster fire. The Houston Texans are a calamity at work. All right. This is my three cents where I talk about anything and everything from the world of sports, pop culture, entertainment, politics, lifestyle, whatever it is. I'm going to talk about it. So recently, another bombshell was dropped where where Candace Parker, now formerly of the Los Angeles Sparks, decided as, as a free agent to return home to Chicago and play for the Chicago sky. Now she recently signed a two year deal with the Chicago sky, uh, after spending 13 years with the LA sparks. Now I've had the privilege of covering Candace Parker since 2010. I've literally watched this young lady mature and grow, go through the ups and downs, the injuries, the, the disappointments, um, to, to glory days, to winning championships, competing for championships in the WNBA, to getting finally getting her some help with NECA Agumake and getting later on getting Chelsea Gray and that becoming a, a serious big three against the world of the WNBA. Candace Parker is Los Angeles, as far as I'm concerned. We watched her grow up. She had the look, she had the grit, she had the tenacity. I mean, she does a great job on TNT and Turner Sports talking basketball, whether it's WNBA, NBA, college basketball. She did. She had a phenomenal career in the University of Tennessee. Uh, this is a young lady who I've had many times to speak with, uh, be able to, to develop a, a media relationship with her. And it's going to be really sad to not see her in a Sparks uniform come the WNBA season. Uh, she's been, just been a phenomenal person. Uh, I've never had any issues with her. She's always been very gracious, very nice. Anytime I've spoken with her, anytime I've had opportunity to speak with her, she's been uh, just a phenomenal person, and I just want to wish her all the best uh, as she moves forward in her career to the Chicago sky. Definitely going to miss you out here in Los Angeles. This is a WNBA champion in 2016. She's also a WNBA MVP in 2008 and 2013. She was the finals MVP in 2016, She is the All-Star Game MVP in 2012. She's a two-time Olympic gold medalist, and she was also Rookie of the Year when she came into the league at number one in 2008. I don't know how the hell you allow Candace Parker to slide from your grips in Los Angeles in the second largest market to go to Chicago. Now, again, I understand she wants to go home and play for the home team and the hometown, and I get that, and that's a wonderful thing. But I also do believe that there the, the relationship between her and Derek Fisher wasn't quite fixed. And I do believe that may have been one of the factors, not the factor, but one of the factors in her decision to return home to Chicago. Because not only is he the head coach, he's a general manager. And, and that's not that's not a knock on Derek Fisher as an individual, but Oftentimes, when you have the head coach, who's also the general manager, who do you come and talk to when you have a problems with the head coach? Who is the buffer? Usually, the general manager is probably the buffer between the two, between the star player and the head coach to try to get on some, some type of terms. But now you don't have that. So you made this man the general manager after one year. Oh, excuse me. Was it one or two years of coaching? You made him the general manager. So now, no Chelsea Gray. Who went to the Las Vegas Aces, who's now in the same division, in the Western Conference. You don't have Candace Parker. Now all you have Neka Gumake, which she's, she can definitely ball out. But now you got to build around her. Good luck, because my money is going to be on two teams in the WNBA: Seattle Storm and now the Las Vegas Aces. I don't consider the sparks a playoff team they may they may slide in by the skin of their teeth but the star power for the los angeles sparks has gone on to chicago to the windy city good luck Derek fisher because lord knows you're gonna need it all right y'all that's my three cents for this week here on tma with nick hamilton thank you so much for tuning in if you missed any portion of this broadcast make sure you download or subscribe to us on all streaming platforms That is SoundCloud, Spotify, and iTunes, amongst others. Thank you so much. Follow me on all things social media, at Nick Hamilton LA. Enjoy the rest of Super Bowl week. I have the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Tampa Bay Bucks in the Super Bowl. Pat Mahomes will get ring number two. All right. Until next week, make sure you stay sharp. Take care. I am out.
0: The views and opinions expressed on TMA with Nick Hamilton, Extra Dose, are entirely those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio.